True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Domingo Santana, ooh, I wanna have ya Tanakas, Fakakta, Jag like Michael Waka Polanco and Franco, Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today on a Friday, July 17th, and we've got a busy one for you. Frank Sample here with Adam Azer, Chris Towers, and Scott White. Are you guys ready to draft? Oh, yeah. We are. We just finished the Roto mock that Scott had us in last night. Roto <laughs> yeah. one that he made us do. It took about 12 are we hours. ready to draft? <laughs> We're ready. I am over ready to draft. I, I am... I actually got to a point where I was dissatisfied with every mock draft I was doing because I had seen so much. I was so overprepared that I kept assuming the best case scenario that I'd seen in some other draft of some player falling would happen in this current one. And uh, I think I finally, I finally broke through that state of overpreparedness last night and kind of recalibrated. I'm ready. I'm ready to be good at drafting again. I hated my team last night, so hopefully I can turn this one around. Chris is here. I How you doing, Chris? Loved- I loved my team. Well, at least one of us did. Draft. I got all of my guys, even though I panicked and took Luke Voigt like five rounds too early. <laughs> but it's okay because Luke Voigt's awesome. As I wrote in my breakouts column, he's going to be an early round pick next year. Go read it, it on CBSSports.com. It, it, it may it have like been one round too early. It was like 150, and he usually goes around 200. Yeah, but you like see. But in terms of where he de- deserves to go, yeah. It was probably too late. With with people <laughs> like us, he would go earlier than that. All right, guys. Today on the show, we're doing a 12-team head-to-head points mock draft with you, the listeners. Before we get to that, I'm going to give you the submissions for our listener leagues. And before we get to that, Adam has a little bit of uh, has a note he wants to give us real quick. Uh, Robbie Ray is going <laughs> to win the Cy Young. That is my bold oh my prediction. God. He feels better than he's ever felt. He changed his mechanics. He is working on... Consist his consistent delivery, making it more repeatable. Uh, he allowed one run, one hit, did not walk a batter, and struck out nine in six innings Wednesday night in an intra-squad game. He has had stretches with good control before, so one start does not matter. But <laughs> the changes he is trying to make, um, they might actually be paying off. And if he gets that control together, all he, like even three point two walks per nine. Uh, he can become Blake Snell and go from a guy that whose control was holding him back to one of the best pitchers in baseball. I truly believe that. 
Uh, Robbie Ray is going to win the Cy Young Bowl prediction. Spicy take from Adam here on a Friday. I know the draft's about to start. Scott, if you could help me out and just pause that while I read off the uh, people who are joining us in the listener leagues, I would appreciate that. And then we'll get started right, right. after this. I just want to thank everybody for sending in your submissions, songs, poems, all the creativity that we received, uh, the emails from people who didn't have the means to make a song. I appreciated all of it. Again, I was floored. I, you, the creativity, the thoughtfulness, uh, it was fantastic. Unfortunately, we can only choose so many people. So I apologize if we didn't get you in this year. There's always next year. We'll try and get you in. So joining us in the 12-team head-to-head points, Mock Draft. Not Mock Draft. Actual Listener League. Apologies. Uh, this Monday... July 20th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself, Scott, Chris, and Adam will be... I made it! He made it! Right. Samuel... I'm glad you liked liked my song. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, Joining us will be Samuel French. Woo! Give it up for him. Brady Francisco Fitzmaurice. Great name. Daniel Zumo. Apologies if I pronounce your name wrong, by the way. Mark Lindsay. Trenton Clifton. Michael Carter. Jason Lawrence... And Drew D'Amico, congrats. You made it to our 12-team head-to-head point listener league this Monday. And then next week on Wednesday, we have the For the People League. You'll be joining all of us here, plus Heath Cummings. And those people will be Holton Siegling, Lamonte Williams, Mike Snyder, Stephen Leidick, Adam Bushman, Van Burnett, Theodore Chernoff, Aaron Moss, John Riley, Justin Yates, and Neil Singleton. So give yourself a pat on the back. You have made it into our listener leagues. Again, uh, just make sure that you can make it into those drafts. And uh, apologies for those that did not make it. But try again next year. We appreciate it. All right, Scott, let's get this draft started. A 12-team head-to-head points league mock draft. You know the rules. One catcher. Three outfielders, one utility, five starting pitchers, and two relief pitchers on the board with the first pick is Chris. We're gonna take Chris. Hey. Mike Trout, right? Uh no, I, I'm at the point where in a points league, it's either Yelich or Cole. Mm-hmm. And what's he gonna do? I actually don't think I've drafted Christian Yelich this year, so. Might as well see what a team with him on it looks like. All right. The go. first player off the board is Christian like Yelich Davidson. to Chris. And yeah. next up is Scott. Yeah, and I, I'm with Chris. It's it's Yelich and Cole at the top here. Trout obviously moving down because of the likelihood. I think he misses about a week during the season uh, when, when his wife gives birth. So, you know, that's a big chunk of a nine-week season to miss, and uh, that makes it more like a mid-first rounder to me. So I'm taking Cole here, get that starting pitcher advantage right out of the gate in a points league. This, this is the format where I'm, I'm more focused than ever on getting high in starting pitchers because there's so few lineups to, to fit, lineup spots to fill, and there's no need, obviously, to, to juggle categories. It's just a good hitter is a good hitter no matter what specifically he brings to the table. Yeah, and we just Frank. talked about this yesterday, Scott, where um, the reason why we would take Garrett Cole second overall in this format is because you get some damn good hitters in that second and third round range as well. You can get Devers, maybe even a Rendon. You can get J.D. Martinez, Bryce Harper. So they're very good hitters, and I would rather have that hitter with Garrett Cole versus someone like Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger with a Jack Flaherty. That's just me personally. Chris, 
You had a question. No, I was going to congratulate you on your pick of Mookie Betts. I believe he is the right pick uh, after Cole and Yelich are off the board in a points league. I've kind of evolved to that nope. late. Uh, I just think he's being a little overlooked or underrated. I mean, it's hard to be overlooked or underrated when you're fifth in ADP. But like, is he in your sleepers I column, think, yeah, Chris? Put him in your sleepers <laughs> column, Chris. People have, uh, first of all, Nobody in my sleepers column has an ADP over like 52. So show some respect. I I had some early round sleepers in addition to mid and late round sleepers. So I'm not going to take your taunts, but uh, you know, Mookie Betts, he's in a points league. He's got incredible plate discipline. He's going to hit at the top of that Dodgers lineup. So he's going to have more opportunities than Cody Bellinger. Uh, He's a good power hitter, not elite, obviously, but, Tons of doubles, tons of triples, stolen bases. He's just efficient across the board in a way that I think, like, like we've seen him be the number one player twice, right, in four years? Yeah, yeah. And the the kind of working assumption in the fantasy industry is that he's, like, in that top tier but kind of removed from them a little bit. And it's like, no, Mookie Betts – can be the best player in baseball. We've seen him do it multiple times. Yeah, I mean, it's between Betts and Bellinger for me. No, guys, Bregman. What about Bregman? Uh, Bregman's right after that. I mean, I have Bregman ahead of Acuna. You took Bregman here ninth overall. So we have a few interesting picks here. In yeah, let's go through everybody's round. picks. Not like, just, I don't know how you guys ended up with the first three picks, by the way. That was, Jay, hey, hey all I, I did we were was the first generate... three to join, and, and Frank didn't randomize <laughs> uh, the draft order after oh, that. Oh, it's Frank's fault. It, it's wow. always Frank's fault. Wow. That's, that's Scott, the new guy. Throwing your but, host okay. under the bus. All right. Chris was the Max last person Scherzer to join. Fourth over, Max Scherzer went fourth overall. Justin Verlander went fifth overall. Jacob deGrom went eighth overall. Jacob deGrom falling to fourth here. Uh, oh and I gosh. just don't think the facts support that. I think that's I think that's a little bit of a Red Cross fear happening when people see that Red Cross next to Jacob deGrom's name here in the draft room. Like, it, it sounds like he's fine. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah. I think a, right. lot of the co- a lot of the COVID news has been fairly encouraging like even freddie freeman hasn't been ruled out for week one but Degrom might not be a, the opening day starter but i'm not sure that he's gonna miss a full turn in the rotation but i mean like well okay. the way the way Degrom himself describes it is he like, woke up his back was feeling a little sore he mentioned it to management was kind of on the fence about it he didn't want to do an mri he agreed to out of abundance of caution it was fine so you know the mets Management is being a little dodgy about it compared to DeGrom, but like it sounds like DeGrom's fine. All right, let me catch everyone up on what's going on here. The first round, Yelich, then Garrett Cole went second. I took Mookie Betts. Max Scherzer, fourth overall. Verlander, fifth. Cody Bellinger went sixth overall. Mike Trout went seventh. Then DeGrom, Alex Bregman to Adam. Mike Clevenger, tenth overall. Look, guys, I know that pitching gets pushed up, pushed up the board in a head-to-head points league. Clevenger went tenth. Zach Granke went eleventh. Then Ronald Acuna and Soto at the turn. And now we're seeing... Frank, let me uh, me jump in because I'm on the clock and I want to talk about what you're speaking about right now. Yeah, do it. All right, so after Granke, then Acuna, Soto, Strasburg, Bueller. So I love Flaherty. You know I love Flaherty. We've seen Clevenger and Granke and Bueller who might not be ready for a full... Yeah, Bueller's... So, so for me, it's Flaherty or or Rendon. Rendon is amazing in this format. And I have Bregman, who I think should be the second hitter taken in this format, personally. Um, I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to have to take Flaherty. Passing up on Rendon in a points league is killing me. 
but I <laughs> seeing the way pitchers are going off the board, I don't know who's going to be left for me late in the third round. So I took Flaherty. Yeah. Uh, is, go ahead, Chris. I want to go back to one point that Scott said that the facts don't back up Jacob DeGrom being fourth. So Justin Verlander, obviously the injuries are the reason he's dropped and why he's kind of out of the tier with Cole and DeGrom. The question is how much of those, how much should you discount Justin Verlander for that? Oh, I think it's totally a DeGrom thing. Nobody was talking about DeGrom fourth. Like DeGrom was consensus one or two before this back thing came up. Yeah, no, no, no. But I don't think this this is a reflection on Verlander at all. No, no, no. But I mean, before Verlander had the the issues in spring training, he was, you know, either two or three, but it was definitely a group. Um, Justin Verlander wasn't just like a little bit better than Jacob DeGrom last year. He outscored him by 180 points in this format. He was 30% better than Jacob deGrom. That is that that's one thing where like I know the 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 risk with Verlander is incredibly high, but the upside is unbelievably high too. Mostly wins. A lot of that is wins related because DeGrom had eleven and Verlander had twenty-one. I I mean that's That's, fair. I I had to be talked in to moving DeGrom up to to second. I originally had him fourth. That's Um, fifty points, right? Or seventy points? Yeah. And they were they that's differentiated by a, three quality starts. Verlander had three more quality starts than Degrom. Right, but that's not that's that's a skill thing. Um, and Verlander had still, two more starts overall than Degrom. He had thirty four starts versus thirty two for Degrom. That's a, I mean, that's still like only a third of the point difference between them last wow. year. Shane Bieber, we've we've had ten starting pitchers go off the board now, and Shane Bieber, who's I mean, this is probably his better format if if you're going to pick a format to be better or worse than for Shane Bieber. He's the 10th off the board. Like that's, we've seen Zach Granke go before him. We've seen Steven Strasburg go before him. Flaherty. Flaherty's not so uncommon, I guess. But honestly, I think even Walker Bueller needs to move behind uh, Shane Bieber now. I think especially in a points league. Yeah, yeah. Like you could be three weeks into the season before you're really getting much out of Walker Bueller. Mm -hmm. All right, so... Catching you up on what's happening here. Uh, you mentioned it. Shane Bieber goes off the board in the middle of the second round. Arenado goes, then Anthony Rendon. And now Freddie Freeman finally goes off the board. And, of course, there are some COVID concerns with him. And now I am on the clock. And now I have to ask myself, because I know Scott is picking after me. And I know that he is going to take at least one pitcher, maybe two. So I have to debate whether or not I want someone like Jose Ramirez, who was the top scoring hitter in this format back in... 2018 or do I want to double down on starting pitchers here and take one in my second and third round seeing the way that they're flying off the board and you know given the depth at third base I am leaning towards the double dip of starting pitchers just seeing how they're flying off the board so that's exactly what I'm going to do and my next ranked pitcher in this format is Lucas Giolito so it's early, I realize that, but the way the pitchers Holy are going cow. here, I've I've got to get my Whoa. pitching in a head-to-head points league. Wow. Well, Chris is going to take Charlie Morton. Uh, he's on deck. Um, all right, so Scott has Cole. Oh, no, you have Cole? Scott? Yeah, I have Cole. I already have a pitcher. I don't have a hitter yet. Um, I just, the hitter class is so deep, especially when you don't have to balance categories, especially when you have only nine hitter spots to fill. Trevor Story hasn't gone yet, and normally we've seen him go by this point. Trey Turner 
is also out there. We're used to seeing a last to round three and points leagues. I don't think any of us are in support of that idea, but we're used to seeing it. Chris is up next here at the turn, and there are two shortstops out there. Now, Chris, Chris is, you know, he, he, he'll throw Who you a curveball sometimes. Do. He'll, he'll fill, he'll fill <laughs> his Real utility spot with a shortstop early. I've seen him do it before, so he could go Story and Turner. No back way. Back right here. No chance. I'm going to assume he doesn't. I don't see a big enough difference between Story and Turner to uh, lock up one right now. I'm going to take Patrick Corbin, who I actually like more than Lucas Giolito, <laughs> and uh, have two two pitchers here to begin my draft. If Chris had gone with two shortstops and had three hitters with his first three picks in a points league, I think that would have been a big mistake. Not to mention, well, I still think Jose Ramirez and J.D. Martinez are just better hitters than Trevor Story and Trey Turner. Yeah, so Jose, not- Ramirez, Jose Ramirez is the guy I'm taking here. The question is, which pitcher am I taking? And, and if I'm Morton. taking a pitcher at all... You're taking Morton, come on. You have Yelich, you have Yelich and Jose Ramirez. And this yeah, is a great it- spot to get Jose Ramirez. To get Jose Ramirez at 24th overall, I, mm-hmm. again, like sometimes we talk about these guys who get our high-volume steals players for, uh, for stolen bases. We talk about them more so for Roto. But in a points league, Jose Ramirez does not strike out. Solid plate discipline. He's going to hit a lot of homers. He's going to hit doubles. And again, I mean, he was the top scoring hitter in 2018. This is a great spot to get him, Chris. Yeah, he was the top was. scoring hitter in 2018. He was almost a 600-point hitter in 2017. Last year was obviously not great. But yeah, I it actually wasn't really a question for me. I'm still trying to figure out what and like the thing that I'm worried about with Charlie Morton is that there has been some talk of him not being fully stretched out to start the season. Yeah, don't take him, Chris. On the other hand, I don't. <laughs> Chris, you have eight seconds. I know. Six, five, four, uh... three, two, one. Oof. JD, three hitters wow. to start his draft. JD Martinez, Christian, and two outfielders. J.D. Martinez, Christian Yelich, and Jose Ramirez. And a third baseman. You've got the, the deepest positions. <laughs> yep. You know what? Uh, get great players. By the way, would you guys take Freddie Freeman or, or Jose Ramirez, J.D. Martinez? I would, t- I would take Jose Ramirez over both. Oh, Freddie Freeman's going to be further down than this for me. He went in late, late in round two here. I think the latest we've seen him go in our mocks is mid-round three. I'm not sure that's low enough for me at this point. It could still be weeks before he turns in. He just said he might, he might be ready for opening day. Rule yeah, it, it, could be, it could be that, too. Right, that's but that's the not, frustrating part of it. That's not up to him. You and don't that's not know. up to the coaching staff. All right, but he's obviously feeling better. Like but he, has to, he has to test positive He has to test twice. positive twice. I mean, negative I twice. That. Negative. Yeah, he has to test negative twice. He has but, to have a positive test in terms of it would yeah, be Yeah, the results. Right, right. right. <laughs> the Michael Scott thing going on there. Yeah, no, like that's <laughs> like it's frustrating because I know he could we could hear two days from now he's on his way back. He's going to be ready for opening day. But it's also possible he misses all of like all of August. Uh, probably not that much. It's probably it's possible he misses like the first three weeks of the season. Like, in other words, a third of the season. And that's like you can't invest a second round pick in that. You're passing up another second round player for him. It'd be one thing if, you know, you were just dropping Freddie Freeman, but you're passing up somebody about as good as Freddie Freeman. All right, right, but what if it's Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers? Yeah, those are studs. Those are studs. Give me the stud who I know is going to be there from day one. Okay. 
Frankie Stamps took Charlie Morton. Nice, nice work there, Frank. I gotta I, stop. I gotta stop hosting. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I ended up going with Trevor Story over Trey Turner. I hate that Chris didn't make that decision for me because Trey Turner was actually better on a per game basis in this format last year. But I went with went went with Story. I feel like it's there's less a little less variance in his outcomes. Yeah, and again, given the way that starting pitchers are flying off the board, the reason why I took Lucas Giolito, I told you guys. Um, I want at least two of my top 20 starting pitchers, especially in a points league. And I don't know that one of those players would have been available at my next pick at the end of round four. So uh, I start off with Mookie Betts. I take Jay Lito in round two, and then I take Charlie Morton in round three. Uh, Scott, what do you think about that report regarding Charlie Morton? His first start, he might only go four to five innings. Does that worry you at all for, you know, in terms of drafting him in this range? Um, it does. I think he'll be ready to go more and the Rays just might not let him out of an abundance of caution is my understanding of that situation, which is a little different than what we're talking about with like, uh, Jesus Lazardo, you know, I mean, pitchers don't go six innings every time. That's an, that's a normal thing. Um, it doesn't change things that much. For me, if we're talking about just one start, maybe this will happen for Charlie Morton. It doesn't change it that much. I I probably should have taken Charlie Morton. Um, <laughs> hey, I told you not to. And yeah, you no, it's just, it's the, my thought process was, one, if you're in a draft where pitchers are going this early, you can either try to take the pitchers early and, you know, pay too much for them, or you know, like Jose Ramirez and Christian Yelich could be the two best hitters in fantasy this year. And it really, nobody would blink an eye. And JD Martinez could be a top five hitter. And again, nobody would blink an eye. And so partially it's just, if, if there's value there, take it. And also, you know, the history has shown that outside of the very, very top tier of starting pitcher, value starts to run out really quickly. And, in this case, I think the top tier is probably 15 pitchers deep, but there's a lot of question marks in that group of 15. You know, you know, you have someone like Zach Greinke, who I have a question, I have questions about how valuable he's going to be in a shortened season. Um, he was a first I, rounder here. <laughs> yeah, although I think in head-to-head points, there, there's actually there's a better case for him than in Roto, uh, where he kind of needs to compile over the course of a season to to really compete. Um, with the elites, but you know, you look at Giolito, like he's done it once and really he did it for like five months. Um, Shane Bieber has some of the worst quality of contact stats of any pitcher in baseball. Uh, and, and so I, I I think I just kind of psyched myself out and I should have taken Morton because I do think he should be a top 10 pitcher, uh, this year. Yeah. Did you know Walker Bueller's never finished ahead of him in fantasy? Do you know Jack Flaherty's never done it either? That makes sense, uh, but but like, um, we're I I actually don't think pitchers are flying off. Like, there's only been 15 pitchers taken. We're on pick 35. Well, yeah, it, it's, it was it's, 10 of the first 19. Though. Yeah, that's it's unusual. Yeah, it's, it's kind down. of uh, it's kind of normalized now, where the players who should be available late in round three basically are. But it took mm-hmm. it took kind of a a counter run of hitters here in round three. 
Yeah, I mean, seeing Granky and Clevenger go first round in any draft is is always going to be a bit of a shock. After I took Charlie Morton, we saw Cattell Marte, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, so a run of hitters there, uh, Luis Castillo, then Clayton Kershaw, and then Adam was on the clock. And at that point, Adam, you had Alex Bregman and you had Jack Flaherty. So walk us through the, the mind of the Azer. What were you thinking here with your third round pick? Well, I'm definitely going to take a picture with my next pick. Um, no, I don't was, do that. I was going to take Luis Castillo. Right now, I'm looking at Aaron Nola, Hugh Darvish, um, Blake Snell, Chris Paddock, Tyler Glass now as the five guys I consider. I like Castillo better than all of them, so I probably would have taken him, but he went two picks before me. So then I was between Rafael Devers and, um, and Bryce Harper. I took Bryce Harper because I already have Bregman, who I could play at third base. So that would have locked up third base and shortstop for me, the two uh, two uh, positions that are going to have really great players later on and, and probably would have meant I wasn't going to have any chance of drafting Carlos Correa. So I went with Bryce Harper. That gives me Flaherty, Harper, and Bregman. I'll soon have a pitcher. I'm really interested to see what William Knight does here because he did something that is such a no-no for me. Um, he's got the 12th pick, and he took Acuna and Soto. And, you know, normally that's a no-no. I would never take two outfielders with my first two picks in a points league. And I almost certainly would have taken a starting pitcher there if I were him in the first round. But Acuna and Soto are usually gone before picks 12 and 13. So maybe he, you know, was brilliant. Did, did he make his picks yet? Uh, well, he, he, he timed, he timed out. out. Oh, damn it. And he got two more outfielders. Two outfielders. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we got to figure out. All right. We're going to, we're going to yeah, reach we, we out. Might, we might let him redo here if he, if he, if he speaks up quickly enough, because uh, now he has four yeah. outfielders with his first him, four picks. That's suboptimal okay, in a three-outfielder that. league. I wouldn't do that, but, but you know... Oh, but he's, he's saying he wanted a different outfielder. So All right, well, uh, let's let's figure out what he wants, but just talking about his team, that's the most interesting one right now. There's also... A, uh, I just want to... I'm going to kind of try to... You know, I've always hosted these, and I've never had the opportunity to look at other teams. I know Frank's got a lot on his mind right now, but one team I really like is Verlander, Rendon, and Bogarts. That's just three players that are great in this format. Uh, that's Tyler Wilson. Great team for him. And let's see. Okay, so he just made... No way. Those really? are his real picks. Okay. <laughs> Max Kepler and JT Realmuto. And this is a lesson here. There is a chance he would not have gotten JT Realmuto at the end of round five. I, I yeah. actually don't have any problem with. Ryan yeah, there. but Max Kepler, you can like him and he can justify your pick. Maybe we're all too low on Max Kepler. There is no chance Max Kepler would have been. I mean, a very, very small chance Kepler yeah. would not have been available. No, zero chance uh, in two rounds, probably in four rounds. So that's what we call a reach. Eh. Uh, don't do Perf that. Perfectly stated, by the way, because Kepler averaged three point five five fantasy points per game in this format. That's actually better than Bryce Harper, Austin Meadows. Like he was great last year. He's got uh, good low strikeout rate. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great for this format. It's possible we're all underestimating him, but because we're all underestimating him, you know, you don't have to and, invest and, your third oh, pick. Hated. I just hated the last pick, by the way. Yeah. But um, go ahead. And and that's the thing about picking, you know, at the end of a draft. You know, like I am, and and Scott is one spot away. So you're gonna have to reach. Or you're going to have to just really, you're going to have to ignore rankings and ADP and go get the guys you want. Because there's a good chance that those guys aren't going to be there the next time you're picking. And so that is, like, I understand the thought process <laughs> if he wanted Max Kepler, but. No, no, I don't at all. I, well, no, 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 no. Like, I'm the, the thought right process. But, yeah, no, it's bad thought process. But it's not I, a good pick. 
How am I supposed to take a starting pitcher right now? I said I have to take a starting pitcher. Rafael Devers is still on the freaking board. And you don't like Devers, but in the fourth round, Adam. So it's Devers or Paddock for me. You've got to take the value that comes your way. Yeah, but if I don't take Frank, Paddock's not going to make it to you. Don't worry about it. If I don't take Paddock, I'm not going to have a good rotation, I don't think. The pitching run has slowed down. I'm, I'm pleasantly... I wouldn't say surprised, but I'm pleased by that. And George somebody. Springer is still on the board. Yeah. Now that's and Charlie like Max Blackman Kepler versus versus George Springer, considering, you know, I gave you the 3.55 points per game for Kepler last year. It was 4.11 for Springer. Springer per game in this format <laughs> among all hitters was actually <sighs> Sixth behind Yelich, Trout, Rendon, Bregman, and Bellinger. And Scott, uh, he Adam is struggling off for the Astros. The plate appearances alone make yeah. him a super safe player as long as he stays healthy. I had to take him. I had to take George Springer. That gives me two outfielders with my first four picks, which I would typically not do. It gives me one pitcher with my first four picks. But I'm sorry, my hitters are Bregman, Harper, and Springer. I just, I probably should have gone Bregman, Springer, Harper, to be quite honest. Uh, I'm going to be a little weak at pitching, but. I just couldn't. Um, I just couldn't pass it up. I had. To, I had to change on the fly there. All right. So let's see what else happened. Catch everyone up. We saw Jose Barrios go at the end of round three. Uh, we mentioned that the Kepler and Real Muto picks were made, and then Starling Marte, Pete Alonso with the third pick of the fourth round, and then Adam took George Springer. So again, Adam's team: Bregman, Harper, Springer, and Jack Flaherty through four rounds. Didn't like the Starling Marte pick. Um, taking him over George Springer, even Charlie Blackman, even though I, I know you know his status is iffy. Um, He'll be Adam's okay. Big mistake in this format, Starling Marte. Adam, would you like a fun fact, though? Sure. He outscored Pete Alonso on a per-game basis last season. Yeah, I don't buy that he's as good of a hitter as he was last year. You know, it just uh, the... The power was too good, and but, um, it, it was his best points league season. Yes, yeah, but ever. the move to Arizona could mitigate a lot of that because Pittsburgh is a tough place to hit. Arizona is a pretty neutral. I think it still kind of leans a little hitter, hitter heavy, but it's pretty much in the middle. But you wouldn't uh, take him here. I don't. I, you wouldn't take no, him over Springer I, and well, Blackman. I know that. Uh, no, probably not. Although Blackman, I don't think was particularly close to Marte in points per game last Ooh. year. Scott, if you have that Ooh. in front of you. Man, just throw ADP out the window in this draft because Ooh, we just Bl- saw Blake Snell endeavors go after Springer uh, as well as Charlie Blackman. And then Nick Castellanos goes in the fourth round, pick 44. Scott, this is the earliest I've seen Castellanos go. I mean, this is somebody listening to our podcast and us saying, I think he could return the value of a second round hitter, J.D. Martinez, whatever. Um you know, I, I think it, I think it, production-wise, it could end up fine, obviously, because I'm saying I think he could be J.D. Martinez this year. Uh, it's it's aggressive. It's aggressive. I took him in round seven in an, a mock draft earlier this week and kind of had a, a sickly feeling when I did it because it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't usually see him go this high. Am I, am I being a little too overconfident here taking him in round seven? So then to see him go in round four like this, I get it. Obviously, I'm very excited about Nick Castellanos. I have a hard time justifying it with what's left uh, out there in round four. Hey, what do you think about Matt Emerson's team? Cody Bellinger, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, and Charlie Blackman, and no pitchers. Those Nolan are Turner, fantastic Arenado, Turner, hitters. Blackman. But 
I, he took great hitters. Yeah. So you know he didn't he didn't use the pick on Max Kepler. But uh, Joe Musgrove might be his SP one. So I don't you know. No, look, he's gonna get <laughs> he's gonna get Darvish or Glass now or Woodruff. Well, no, he's somebody. Not. He's not gonna get Darvish because Chris Chris does not I mean, have he's a pitcher yet. Definitely not gonna yet. take Glass now because I'm taking. Yeah, because all right, all right, that's so the reason why. And I was really really hoping that Scott would Bauer. follow his own rankings and take you Darvish and not Tyler Glass. I just moved because I like Tyler Glass now a lot more. Uh, in this format, I just moved you, Darvish, ahead of Glass now this morning. So. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> uh, it was a great decision for you. I'm yeah. really happy for you, Scott, that you got the guy you like. Let's see if we have a little picture run here. You guys just went <sighs> Paddock, Paddock to Frank, Darvish to Scott, and Glass now to Chris. So, how many a- pictures? You guys have. I have one, Tyler Glass now. I there have three. There is a big drop off at starting pitcher now, though. Yes. 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 As I've mentioned... I disagree, to Ooh. quote Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. I disagree. <laughs> hey, KG. KG, I disagree. KG. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you disagree, Scott? Because I think there's one more. I don't want to say it, though, because uh, Chris is on the clock I mean, here and only has Scott, one starting pitcher. I'm looking at your <laughs> rankings. I know <laughs> who you're referring to because he's the top pitcher left on your... Okay, it's Sonny Gray. Let's see if Chris <sighs> likes Sonny Gray as much as I do. He talks a big game like he does like Sonny Gray. Yeah. yeah. Frank, set it up. Let's give everybody uh, Chris's team and Scott's team. Before. All right, so we are at the 4-5 turn. Brilliant. Chris has three seconds to make a pick. Oh, and he, he does. Did he just did that for the content. <laughs> he does take Sonny Gray. So Chris's team, he took Christian Yelich over, uh, first overall. Then at the 2-3 turn, he passed on Charlie Morton. Kind of regretted it, but he wound up with three great hitters to start. Jose Ramirez and J.D. Martinez. And now here at the 4-5 turn, he winds up taking Tyler Glass now and Sonny Gray. And then for Scott, second overall, he took Garrett Cole. Second round, he took Patrick Corbin, which I'm sure Chris did not enjoy. Uh, your first hitter was Trevor Story in the third round, Scott. And then you came back now with you, Darvish, in the fourth. Where does Scott White go now in the fifth round? One he is, hitter so far. He is Scott. pondering and shaking uh, his I, head. I got a problem here because <laughs> my top two hitters are Jordan Alvarez, Fernando Tatis. I'm fine with the value here, especially for Alvarez, but he's got an IL situation, mysterious one going on. Tatis would fill my utility spot because my only other hitter is a shortstop. Just not sure I want to do that. Yeah, two shortstops to start here as your first two hitters, Scott. I don't know if Can that's I ask where Chris you a want question. To go? No. Yeah. Chris, right What's before up? you took Glass now and Gray, Scott took you Darvish. Mm-hmm. Who do you like better, Gray or Darvish? Uh probably Darvish. I think you probably have to. So how much better would you have felt about your team if you had Darvish and Glass now instead of Gray and Glass now? maybe a three quarters of a point per week. Okay. I would have felt a lot better. Um, you took a gamble, obviously I, waiting for two pitchers with your so I'll, I'll say 48th like, and 49th picks. I'm not sure how you can feel a lot better about you Darvish than Sonny Gray. Like both were good last year. Sonny Gray, both, you know, really especially finished the season strong. Sonny Gray outscored you Darvish. By a decent margin. I mean, you're talking about 15%. Um, and it's not like, like I know Sonny Gray has been frustrating and doesn't have a good track record. Like, look at you Darvish's track record. It's pretty bad. 
He's had two yeah. good seasons in five years. And no, so you look, you know, you, that whole group of pitchers, it's just like, yeah, there are cases for and against all of them. And everybody's just going to come out with the guys that they like. And for some reason, I'm just still willing to overlook Darvish's deficiencies. And I just like him. Well, I mean, I Dar- Dar- Darvish was considered a part of the fantasy ace class for a long time before he ran into trouble after signing with the Cubs. Well, so it's, it's, but he shouldn't have been right. Ooh, well, his strikeout, his strikeout rate has always been off the charts. Right. Uh, but so in terms of, nah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy a lot of that. You Darvish was overrated with the Rangers. Well, no, but like, no, he wasn't overrated with the Rangers. He had 413 points one year, 515 the next. So you're talking about his half season with the Dodgers? 325 and 22 starts. So that would have been on pace for 480, close to 500. So, you know, he was really good there. That was a full season with the Dodgers. The problem is he hasn't, his best season in the last five is 428 points. And that is pretty, it's not replaceable. Yeah. But it's not, it's not impressive. So you're talking I, about injury concerns, performance concerns. Uh, I, Darvish, I think in the Chris Archer way, was a little overrated the last couple of seasons. I, I, think, I think he and Gray are close, obviously. That's why I put him two spots apart in my rankings. Um, and, you know, I was so disappointed you took Sonny Gray there and so in, undecided about which hitter I should take in response that I, oh, I didn't even realize you did that Trevor Bauer oh. in round five. I only like, this is the first time I've ever taken Trevor Bauer. I hate it. Well, you know, Scott doesn't listen to me. So there you go. I only would have done it in a points league because points league is what really rewards volume for pitchers. And we know Trevor Bauer is going to be a high volume pitcher, even if he's not very good, even if he was like, he's like four or even a four twenty five ERA. I think he'll be somebody I'm not taking out of my lineup. And I wasn't sure how, you know, the next, uh, what, 20 picks were going to go with starting pitchers. Uh, you know, we've seen a few of them go off the board since then, and it's still looking pretty good starting pitcher, but I'm going to go pretty aggressive after hitters from this point forward. Chris, I mean, ha- look. Scott has just one hitter through five rounds. Again, that is Trevor Story. I may or may not have told him uh, not to take Fernando Tatis because I wanted him for myself. So I get Fernando Tatis uh, with the third pick of round five. I have two hitters. I have Tatis and Betts to go along with Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, and Chris Paddock. I like. By the way, since I'm, I'm known as the for calling Tatis a bust, I absolutely would have taken Tatis there if I didn't already have a shortstop. I didn't want to use my utility spot that way this early. Makes yeah, I mean, sense. Like Fernando Tatis is a bust when he's going off the board at 18th overall. Right. When he's going off the board 50th, there's a lot more to like about it. Absolutely. Um, Give me that every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Uh, then we saw Chris Bryant go off the board. Josh Hader in the fifth round. And Bad pick. That was th- the one. Bad this pick. is what we talk about. And, and we did the bus show yesterday, and Scott and I said, specifically in a points league, you don't want to take Josh Hader in the fifth round. He was the top-scoring relief pitcher last year. He had just 27 more fantasy points than Will Smith. I mean, yeah. closers in this format, you don't want to over overpay for. Um, 
Yeah, go ahead and read the rest of the round, and I, I want to just make a comment about something as well. After Josh Hader, we saw Mike Soroka, Nelson Cruz, always a great value, even at 55. Glaber Torres also. I mean, I like it uh, there. Um, I'm glad he went there because if I had to take another freaking hitter, I would have been so <laughs> mad. But if Torres were on the board, I probably would have had to do it. Uh, Adam wound up taking James Paxton. Surprise, surprise. Then we saw Aaron Judge. Anthony Rizzo, Marcus Semien, and DJ LeMayhew. So I believe William Knight, who is one of our listeners, uh, does not have a hitter through his first six picks. A pitcher or a hitter? A pitcher. I mean, he does not a have a pitcher. That is, apologies. He does not have a pitcher through his first six picks. He has JT Real Muto, DJ LeMayhew, Marcus Semien, Max Kepler, Ronald Acuna, and Juan Soto. I mean, outside of Kepler... They're great it's, hitters. It's pretty awesome. I wouldn't do it. You know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what his pitching staff looks like at the end. But I, I mean, we know we know where I stand with starting pitchers this year. Where I just, if you don't, if you don't give yourself a trustworthy base there, uh, assuming the environment with all the home runs is the same as it was last year, you just don't have a chance. It doesn't matter how good your hitting is, Frank. Um, I was going to say for the first four rounds, I did not even look at positions. I just sorted by utility rankings to see the best hitters. Um, because in this format, I just don't care that much. Once we got to the fifth round, I did start paying a little bit more attention to it, specifically at first and second base. And, you know, Josh Bell is the second ranked first baseman left um, for you and best for Scott. Ozzy Albies is. 64th overall feels to me like just an incredible value for a guy that's been so good at such a young age and might be like Glaber Torres. I mean, he might just be awesome. Yeah, I almost took him instead of Bauer. But I have two pitchers, and one of them is James Paxton. So it's like, this is what sucks. You know, I have Flaherty, I have Paxton, and I'm trying to decide between Ozzy Albies and Frankie Montas. And I think Albies deserves to go ahead of Frankie Montas, but, you know, I have the third pick, the fourth pick of this round. I'm not going again for like basically a round and a half. It's so hard to pass up a player that's just better to get pitching depth. But I think I have to do it. I think I have to go with Montas. So, Adam, let me ask you, do you yeah. re- do you regret taking George Springer over Chris Paddock when you did? Because at some point, you have to make no. this decision. You have to make the decision, do I take the pitcher just because I have to fill out my pitcher spots versus taking hitters that should just not be left on the board at this point? No, because I feel so good about George Springer. I, I mean, I can't I can't stress how important plate appearances are in this format, especially when you're on a good offense. And just the fact that he has a chance, I would call him probably the favorite, along with Mookie Betts, to lead baseball in plate appearances. I had to take Springer in the fourth round. Um, and look, I mean, I like Paxton more than everybody else, but Flaherty, Paxton, Montas, you guys have sold me on Montas. You're very, you know, if you in particular, Frank, so I think it's a pretty good start. I'm not going to get Albies. He just went. I yeah. doubt I'm going to get Josh Bell, which means I'm going to be kind of weak at first and second base, which kind of sucks. But, <laughs> you know, but I, I think, I think uh, I'll have a great outfield and hopefully a good pitching staff, and we'll see. Yeah. This, has been a, this has been a pretty good draft. You know, there have been a few picks, uh, especially Hayter and Kepler, that uh, stand gotta, out. It's been a good draft. We got to talk about this offense Matt Emerson's putting together. Because he, he finally ended Jordan Alvarez's fall at 67th overall. Ah, and I was getting ready uh, to take him. And now he's got Cody Bellinger, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, Charlie Blackman, and Jordan Alvarez. Right, that's, that's and nice. Mike Soroka. And Mike Soroka is his only starting pitcher. I wouldn't have taken him as my first starting pitcher, but in this format, you know, 
he's efficient. He could rack up innings. You know, it's uh, I mean, it's going to be really hard to compete with that offense, though, especially if your pitching has a bad week, you're done. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's see what else is happening. Carlos Carrasco went 62nd overall. He does have the the SPARP eligibility in this format. Might be a little bit early for him, though. Uh, Javier Baez went 63rd. Adam mentioned he took Frankie Montas. Then we saw Jose Abreu, Ozzy Albies, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Hendricks in the sixth round, uh, Zach Gallen and Brandon Woodruff. So starting to see a run of starting pitchers again. I wound up taking, uh, taking Brandon Woodruff just because there's no hitters that really stand out to me at this point. And I do have Woodruff ranked inside my top 25. And to me, he was the best value left at this point. So he's my fourth starting pitcher. And Scott, you are on the board. Yeah, I, I just wanted to comment. I think the fall was appropriate for Jordan Alvarez going from typically a fourth rounder to a sixth rounder for the same reason I was saying with Freddie Freeman. You know, we don't have we don't know exactly what Alvarez's ailment is. Ten seconds, Scott. Uh, but we know he's on the IL for something and we know he hasn't reported to camp yet. And so it's just it's so frustrating because obviously teams are incentivized like they're not allowed. They're not allowed to comment on a player's health status if if it is related to to COVID nineteen, unless the player explicitly tells them they could say certain things. So we're we're in the dark on what the timetable is for testing, if they've already had one negative test. We're in the dark on so much, and it just it creates it creates this mysterious timetable, completely unknowable timetable in the particular year where timetable is more important than ever because the season's going to be over so quickly. So it, it stinks seeing Jordan Alvarez go in the middle of round six. I hated passing him up early in round five, but I, I think until he's back, he's not back and we don't know when he's coming back. Oh, Oh, a Chris sigh. Why, why are you sighing Chris? I'm, um, trying to decide if I want to just take my guy at a 
significant reach because I don't think he'll come back to me. And I'm looking at Matthew Boyd's game logs, and it kind of sums up the whole thing. His last four starts last year, he averaged 14.9 fantasy points per game, which is pretty good. Uh, It was 18, 18 18.5, 23.5, and negative (laughs) 0.5. And it's like that's the whole Matthew Boyd experience right there. If he can just get rid of that the bad starts <laughs> um i'm sure everyone wants to get rid of the I, bad dude, starts. he's coming back to you i want i i think so too i think so too and i'm not we'll just see. saying that because i want him i swear well, i already have four starting does, pitchers does chris fire us all <laughs> uh, chris you are on oh, crap can we back that out that is not who i want all right chris took austin <laughs> meadows so that was a great pick chris should i seriously back it out Yes, back it out. If you okay. can. I'm trying to talk on a podcast while making <laughs> uh, my decision. I'm sorry. You definitely had an opportunity to make a pick there. You know I, what? I could have taken the whole 75 seconds of Kustin Hira pick to uh, to have walked through that. So Yeah. I'm not happy with the world right now. <laughs> while, while you think about that, do you want to hear how Siri pronounces Frank's name? <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Calling Frank Stamp. <laughs> she just gives up. She just is like, nope, too many cards, and it's not going to do it. I'm just going to give up. That's funny. Uh, you take one his- of you guys, someone's going to take Matthew Boyd. It's I'm going to be really upset about it, and whatever. <laughs> gonna so, do you are on deck. Scott wrote oh. in the chat. Oh. Oh, that is, uh, oh, that's me. I got to shut off my volume. Apologies. Um, oh, come on, Chris. Why Chris took that? Carlos Santana. Good pick. Not to leave everybody in suspense. So I took Josh Bell. Then Chris took Keston Hira, Carlos Santana. Um, so, you know, we're seeing those first basemen and second basemen start to get depleted now, Adam. Yeah, we still have Muncie, Olsen, and one more player uh, in Vladimir Guerrero. And I want to know when you guys think he'll get first base eligibility. Well, I am about to take care of Muncie here, I think. Uh, fill my second base spot that way. And you there, are are still, there are still several second basemen in this same tier that Muncie's in, but I have a feeling they're all about to go one after another. Mm, and this is, like, this is really Muncie's format because he's so good at walking. So Adam, I'm going to take Muncie here with my seventh pick. To answer your question, uh, Vladimir Guerrero will have first base eligibility on July 29th because that is the sixth game of the season for the Blue Jays. Well, are they not going to DH him? Yeah, he's not, I don't think he's going to play every game at first base. I think he will DH some of them, but it will it will be early in the season. Uh, well, it doesn't matter because he just went. <laughs> and Frank took Matt Olson. My cue is gone. <laughs> this, is what, this is the price I pay for taking Frankie Montas. Like, all the first basemen I wanted and the second basemen I wanted are gone. And you called it, Adam. You knew this was going to happen. That's all right. I can live with it. So, look. I, um, I'm, with I'm, Merrifield, that was another good second baseman. So, one of the things about Vlad... If you're in a league where you play out this first three-day week, which you shouldn't be, but apparently that is the default. Uh, where you make it just a full week, you're saying? Well, when you just play those three days. The weekend week. is your week one, yeah. and then week two starts on the first yeah. Monday. You should make the if, first scoring period 10 days. 10 days, yes. yes. Unquestionably. There's no, there's no debate about it in my mind, but <laughs> if you don't, the earliest Vladimir Guerrero could be in your first base spot would be week three and that's assuming that among those first i think it's eight games in the first two weeks that the blue jays play or nine games in the first 10 days uh that's assuming that he does play five games at first base if he doesn't you're looking at week four which is you know now you're a third of the way through the season already yeah right but i'm not gonna play in any stupid leagues like that so (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I disagree with you guys on that. I don't know if this is the time to have that discussion, but it in is, a season when you're limited in your scoring periods, why would you why would you remove the opportunity for an additional score? Oh, because like it's just so three unfair. Is, three days is nothing. It's nothing. Three, and and three there could days be one team something. It is not nothing. unusual it's to have nothing. a scoring period of that length. It is very unusual. I'm glad no, it Scott's... happens after every all-star break. Every no, it year. doesn't. It doesn't no, do it doesn't that anymore. If, no, it doesn't if your commissioner is mm. smart. No, the default, the default option in CBS Sports Leagues is to combine the two weeks after the all-star break. Like, when did we, that happen? We two years ago, I believe. Oh, we were okay. like, okay. Stop listening to that Scott White guy. I, I don't think that I don't know that I believe you, Adam. Right? I now. swear. I, think I this swear. Is fake news. No, no. Chris would know. Chris would know. All right. So after I took uh, Matt Chris Olson, <laughs> after I'm, I, I'm I'm editorial, baby. Uh, yeah, I just I go to you for every CBS question. All right, Frank, go ahead. My bad. After I took it's all good. After I took Matt Olson, we saw Vladimir Guerrero go off the board. Corey Kluber, Whit Merrifield, Gary Sanchez. Second catcher off the board there at pick 79. Madison Bumgarner. Freddie Freeman's back, by the way. Freddie Freeman is, is back. Now, yeah. Okay, so uh, insert him back at the top of the ah, second round. Early to mid-second round. As a, as a Braves fan, I'm very happy about this. As somebody who just has spent hours updating his rankings after <laughs> holding out moving Freddie Freeman down forever. <laughs> Adam, you wound up taking uh, Carlos Correa at pick 81. Got to put your money where your mouth is. I know you're a big Correa fan. You now have three Astros on your team. Does that affect your decision-making whatsoever? I kind of feel like they're going to hit one, two, three in the order. Or they certainly could, right? I have Springer, Bregman, and Correa. Uh, no, it doesn't. I, like, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing to have three Astros. You um, should not have three Marlins in your lineup. No, probably not. <laughs> or Orioles. Uh, yeah, three Orioles in your lineup would be bad. My team is really going to be uh, an exercise of of forgetting about position scarcity. So I just I've got third base shortstop and two outfielders so far, and quite frankly, I am a hundred percent fine with that in a twelve team points league. You yeah. know, the waiver wire is going to have plenty. Um, yeah. So I, and like, I'm, I'm I support the best player available. My intent, by the way, is to get Kenta Maeda with my next pick to get an RP. Who my my opinion on RP on Sparps is that. You might find later in the draft that the true relievers are the best values available. And if that's the case and you already have a spark, a starting pitcher is eligible as a reliever, just use him as a starting pitcher. You know, I think like if you believe enough in Maeda to take him now as a starter, and I do, um, he's third in Scott's rankings and he's, uh, he's third in Frank's rankings, then... You know, it's a great pick because you shouldn't be afraid to move these guys back to the rotation if you get a good closer later. Yeah, and, and you know, I've I've become uh, bearish on Sparps as a population this season, but I that's more because I'm just worried about how much they're going to actually pitch and whether they're going to have the opportunity for wins and quality starts relative to uh, closers who will just get saves like normal, presumably. Uh, but I think Kenta Maeda and maybe Carlos Carrasco are the exceptions, are, are the obvious exceptions to that at least. Chris. Well, if Nick Fox wants to make an enemy, he'll take Kenta Maeda right now. And I will find, <laughs> I will track him down and we'll have a, a confrontation. You're William mentioning uh, just made Liam Hendricks the second closer off the board in this draft. How does that make you feel? He took um, Hendricks and Ozuna back to back. Those are his first doing? two pitchers. Those are his I mean, first look, two pitchers. Look, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> 
I would presume it usually takes about 60 games for one of those A's closers to lose their jobs. <laughs> and so maybe he, he does become the first A's closer to lead the team in saves in consecutive seasons since Grant Balfour in 2012 or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, like if Leon Hendricks is as good as he was last year, he's going to be maybe the best closer in baseball. It's just, okay. I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say Frank read his team. I, I thought you were done. My bad. No, no, that's Frank read his team. It's insane. All right. William Knight. He has JT Real Muto. He has DJ LeMayhew, Marcus Semyon, Max Kepler, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, zero starting pitchers, and then Liam Hendricks and Roberto Osuna. I assume this is the worst. It's the worst team I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, is that a hyperbolic statement? Adam, or, or I don't is think it so. Actual? I've never seen anybody go eight rounds without a starting pitcher at a points league. Yeah, I don't and know. Two relievers? Two I'm closers? Certain, I'm certain I've done that in a mock draft. Scott before. Cellphone, by the way, has also gone eight rounds without starting pitcher. Drink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think probably 10 years ago, I might have gone uh, eight rounds in a points league without drafting a starting pitcher. Uh, you know, his approach might actually be justifiable in like a head-to-head categories league, getting two top closers. That makes a sense. Bunch of good hitters. And maybe, yeah, he, yeah. I maybe think he thinks he it's be, a head-to-head category. I think league. he might not know the format because I, I, I would wonder that. Except mm-hmm. he took Max Kepler in round three, and that would be even harder to justify in that format. But look what he just said in the chat. I said, "What's your strategy?" And he said, "Middle relief wins, hopefully." So I think, I think <laughs> he might not know the format. <laughs> oh, and we're all oh, fired. Chris, I'm sorry. We're That's all what fired. I get for listening to you clowns, oh, bozos who don't know anything. <laughs> And I don't know why I listen to this podcast. You guys are wrong about everything. How do you keep your jobs? Uh, Matthew Boyd is I bet gone. I could do your job better. <laughs> Unbelievable. Of all like the dramatic things I've ever seen. Of all the dramatic <laughs> things, Chris misses out on Matthew Boyd. So let's catch people up. Um, Adam, you took Kenta Maeda, so you got your spark there. Uh, you can use him as a starting pitcher as well if you want to do that. Uh, Kenley Jansen goes, and we saw Matthew Boyd. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu, Sean Manaya, so some more pitchers starting to come off the board. And then Adalberto Mondesi, pick 93. And again, that's the biggest difference for some of these high-volume steals players, where Mondesi in a roto league is typically a fourth-round pick. And here in a points league, he is going in round eight at pick 93. I don't even know that he should be drafted in a points league. Mm, that seems a little... I, I'm serious. Like, I'd take Corey Seager over him. Um, Machado, Machado, Bichette, VR, and Seager are all on the board. I'd definitely take all four of them over Mondesi. I think Mondesi, like, if he's really good and stealing a ton of bases, he's probably going to be fine in a points league. But if he's not basically his best self, I think he's his play discipline is so bad that he probably won't be that good. He probably won't be worth using in this I mean, one. He, it's entirely possible that Alberto Mondesi puts up a 270 on base percentage. Like that's not even like the worst case scenario for him. A 270 on base percentage for Alberto Mondesi. I believe if you just took his walk rate and his expected batting average last season, he wouldn't have been far from that. All right, guys. So I had to make the brand pick here. Hashtag brand. And uh, I take Manny Machado in the eighth round. I know that Scott, you have him as a bust. Chris doesn't like him either. I don't, I don't think anyone on this podcast likes him outside of I, outside of me. But mm-hmm. to get him 94th overall, it it seems very late for Manny Machado. 
Good. I think it's a good pick. I mean, it's better. I, I prefer him to Mondesi. Um, it's strange what's happening with starting pitcher this round because I, I genuinely am, am surprised to see Matthew Boyd go here. Sean Manaya just went a couple of picks later. Uh, there was Ryu and then Manaya. Kenta Maeda went to Adam. I, that makes more sense. I like I like Maeda this year, and obviously you can use him a relief pitcher. Lance Lynn is still out there though, so I'm going to take Lance Lynn as my fifth starter. And uh, I mean, Sean Manaya is really the one that raises an eyebrow for me, even more so than Boyd. I'm not. There, obviously, there's a there's a case for it. He was dominant in what five starts down the stretch last season, uh, but you know the track record doesn't support what he did then. And I don't know; it's a big leap to make, considering you've got what the fourth place Cy Young guy in the AL still out there in Lance Lynn. And I guess you know you can point to Lance Lynn's track record too. I know, but you're talking about the difference between a full season and five starts of dominance. This is why you're gonna go. Oh, sorry, Frank. I I just want to throw out like there are four-ish, five players or so that to me are like, ooh, I really hope they're available. Um, I consider Austin Meadows here, Eugenio Suarez, Jeff McNeil, um. Giancarlo Stanton. Boo. I would say those three. Because we're at, we're at pick 96, okay? <laughs> um, so Eugenio Suarez, Jeff McNeil, and Giancarlo Stanton, and then however you feel about Austin Meadows are three guys that are three hitters that I just feel like really need to be drafted soon. We are at the 8-9 turn. This is why you need to watch us on our Fantasy Baseball Today YouTube channel because Chris is struggling. Mm. He's got his hand in his face Face in his hand, and he just took Rich Hill, 96th overall. And Chris, you don't seem very excited about it. <laughs> that feels like a reach. <laughs> reach Hill. <laughs> uh, Chris has Rich Hill's really good. All he has to do is stay healthy for 60 games, but he's gotten like kind of, I think he's gotten like a little bit worse. So here's the problem. Year. He's super old. He really hasn't. Rich Hill is an incredible pitcher, and if he stays healthy for 60 games, uh, There is no doubt in my mind, and there shouldn't be doubt in any of your minds, uh, that he will be a top 20 starting pitcher at the very least. Um, I think, obviously, the the health concerns are very real. But when I look at the rest of the starting pitchers, Max Fried wasn't that good in this format last year. He scored 415 points in this format uh, in 30 starts, and that was with 17 wins. If you're not getting 400, like, that, that's... He probably should have won fourteen. He's a or rookie. Games. Like, well, but well, he, he wasn't a rookie. Well, basically, Max Fried. I mean, it was. He had he he. This was his third time being in the major leagues. He had not pitched well enough to. Uh, All right, but but he broke out. Like you know, he's. 15 right, years but, younger? I don't even know. Is he 15 years younger than Rich Hill? Is he more than that? Like, uh, it's probably about right. It's... I think Max Fried's like 20. No, he's 26. So, yeah, probably 14 years. Okay. Um, do you really not have more performance concerns about Max Fried than Rich Hill? No. I, I think, think Rich Hill probably is a better pitcher. In than my Max. eyes, I, there's not even a question. And so it comes down to health. And Max Fried has certainly had problems staying healthy uh, in his minor league career. I think that was partially why the San Diego Padres sort of gave up on him. He has real control issues. And if that regresses last year or this year, you know, he could be an outright bad pitcher uh, for as much as he is a breakout candidate. And you know, like, 
Julio Rios probably not going to go six innings very regularly. Zach Wheeler, obviously, we're not sure when he's going to be, uh, you know, around to make starts. Denelson Lamette, I just I don't think he's what people think he is. Eduardo, like it's just, you know what, Chris? Rich Hill's the only guy that right. I feel has he's a right. decent chance of being a top twenty starting pitcher. You made a good pick. Are you you know what? I think you're 100 percent right. Just I don't love my Carlos Martinez pick. I actually like that one more. I would like it a lot more if they thought he was going to be the closer. Well, no, that's, that's still an open like debate, start. right? It the the last like twenty four hours have all indications have been that he's going to be a starter. Yeah, that's a good thing. I, I don't think so. If he's oh, well, certainly for this format, it's a good thing. If he's going to be the closer, you're not taking him a hundredth overall or whatever. That's like, too early for. He was a great starter for several years for the Cardinals, and now he has relief pitcher eligibility. Yeah, that's a great like, pick. He was a yeah. great closer last year too. Yeah, but like it's too early for a closer. Like, I I don't know. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah, you want him to be a starter, Chris. At least, uh, I think the best version of Carlos Martinez as a starter is incredibly valuable in this format. But the fact that he has not been able to stay healthy for two straight years uh, as a starter uh, and has basically only been able to stay healthy as a reliever, I, I am skeptical. Oh, that's not fair. He had a good three-year run as a starter. Didn't no, he? no, I and said the last really, two years. And it was really just one injury coming back from the injury last year. They said, we don't want to take any chances with you. You know, we're not confident at the state you are physically to let you start. That was the storyline last year. Um, I mean, I, I still think it's a question. They have, they have a lot of bullpen shortages right now. I'm not, I'm not totally back on board as ranking Carlos Martinez as a starter. But Do we'll you guys see. think that the best catchers in baseball, like Real Muto, Grandal, maybe Sanchez, he's such a bad defensive catcher. Um, Do you think they will play more than they normally do considering the season is shorter? Yeah, I think, think Real so. Muto for sure is. I, I think he might be uh, – he might get 10 appearances at DH, given yeah, how good I'm, he is. I'm having trouble passing up Grandal here in round nine because um, I think that I think Grandal might – he no. might even so, DH sometimes. They just made my, the decision for you. Well, guess what, Adam? Before you I went. Ah, all right. My <laughs> problem with Grandal is volume is such a key part of his – uh, appeal you know he played 153 games last year but 16 of his starts came at first base he's not going to start at first base for the white Sox, and i mean maybe he plays dh but probably he's not, not it would have something bad would have ha- had to have happened to edwin encarnacion yeah sure. i agree with that um let's catch you up we are here in round nine let's see what else is going on here so Scott, you took Austin Meadows finally ending his slide. That's the ninth round. And, of course, we had the news last night that he tested positive for COVID. So I have to pay attention to what the timeline is there. You guys were having the Rich Hill versus Max Freed debate. I took Max Freed. I'm on record. He's he's a breakout candidate for me. He's my SP5. So, look, if it doesn't work out, I can drop him. I can pick someone else up. I thought about him as my sixth starter instead of Meadows. Like that Meadows pick was partially driven by there are way too many good hitters still. How do I decide between these guys? Right. You know, and I did, I, I guess we found my breaking point for a COVID <laughs> positive case, uh, just a four or five round drop here for Meadows. I took him over Solaire. I considered catcher too, like Adam was talking about. Ended up going with Meadows. Julio Arias went 100th overall. Again, he has SPARP eligibility. Dustin May, this is an interesting one. 
I guess there's a chance he can be used in a piggyback role to start the season. He does have SPARP eligibility, uh, and Tyler Wilson thus far has filled out his two relief pitchers. He took Josh Hader in the fifth. He just took Dustin May now in the ninth round, and he also has Verlander, Kluber, Manaya, and Kyle Hendricks. So we don't talk about Dustin May as a SPARP, but should we be? No. Okay. Not in a short season. Like if this was a full length season, I would, I would have a little more faith that at some point along the way he's just going to be a full time starter for the Dodgers. But like they 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 seem really committed to Wood and Stripling, surprisingly committed. So I'm not sure if that opportunity for May is going to develop fast enough. Certainly not to take him more than halfway through a draft like this. So I'm pretty sure that William Knight is drafting for a different format. Oh. I uh, would tend to agree with you because he just took Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough as his yeah. uh, first Yasiel two. Puig has tested positive for COVID and is still a free agent. Oh, I don't wow. know if that means the Braves have backed off or but that uh, is what huh. John Heyman just tweeted. Yeah. That I, is... I assume if it was a one-year deal, they'd if that were to come about, that they would back off like that. Yeah, so that's... Uh, We'll get a, we'll get confirmation on that soon enough, I'm sure. Well, that's but, not great. Uh, really changes his value again. <laughs> hey, Chris, remember oh, that time that we uh, we recorded uh, you know some breaking news about yeah. Yasiel Puig to the Braves, and now now it means nothing. That was fun, oh, but it's just so sad seeing everybody test positive. It is it, and these things were going to happen, and we we talked about it and mentioned it's you know it's something weird to talk about, but it is going to happen throughout the course of this entire season, so uh, that's the latest on Yasiel Puig. Adam, why don't you catch yeah. us up on uh, what's going on with your team? You're on the clock now in the 10th round. You took uh, Jeff McNeil with your ninth round pick. So I only have... I have Flaherty, Paxton, Montas, and Maeda. I really want to take the NL Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray, but <laughs> there is just no way. I, 112th overall, I have to take Stanton. I'm just like... Yeah, I mean, cards on the table. It's stupid that Giancarlo Stanton was still out there. I... It made more sense maybe for my team to take Robbie Ray, but now I'm I'm sort of committed to putting Maeda in my rotation and probably getting two closers at some point. And I, that's okay. I just, like, I basically have, like, five. I, I think I have the top five. I have the top four American League MVP finishers in my team. I have Bregman, Correa, Springer, and Stanton. I, I, so I, that's good. I have... Um, Paxton, who's going to finish probably third in, in Cy Young. Flaherty, who's probably going to win it. I have a pretty good team. He can't win it if Robbie Ray does, Adam. Pa- uh, Flaherty, yeah. you're right. You're right. He's going to finish second. My yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see if you actually get the NL Cy Young and Robbie Ray. See if he makes it back to you uh, in the I don't 11th think so. round. So this is, even if William Knight doesn't know that it's a head-to-head points league. It's, oh, well, you know, he couldn't even take Stan because he has three outfielders. I'm just thinking in my head, like, why would you ever take Yanni Chirinos or Ryan Yarbrough over Giancarlo Stanton? And I don't like Stanton, but gosh, in the 10th round, that is... Uh, I just He went 10 picks later than Jorge Soler. There's no justification for it. I'm sorry. I know you guys have Jorge Soler ranked higher than him. You're wrong to do that. He should be a top 100 pick in every draft. That's That's insane. All right, so after you took Stanton, we just saw Kirby Yates, another closer off the board, Denelson Lamette, who who knows how deep he's going to go into games, which matters in a head-to-head points league. And then Michael Brantley, 115th overall, which is a player I find myself drafting often. I think this is a fine place to wind up with Michael Brantley as your 
second or third outfielder. It's even right even your first outfielder in a goes, points league. Uh, for, for Michael Brantley, I, it just I think he goes too late. Oh, I agree. Uh, across the board. And in this format, especially, his plate discipline is so good. Um, you can kind of pencil him in for that 500-point mark. All right, so um, I am up in two picks. And at this point, I've filled out my starting pitchers. I have Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, Chris Paddock, Brandon Woodruff, and Max Freed. It's, I feel Good. I feel solid about that pitching staff. I also have Matt Olson. I have Manny Machado. Uh, Fernando whoa, Tatis is my shortstop. And then Mookie Betts. And we have a pick that we likely need to back out for <laughs> Tyler Wilson. Uh, Lewin Diaz. He's a prospect for the Marlins. Right, Chris? I, I assume he meant Edwin Diaz. Right. Is who he wanted there. So, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to. For an obvious mispick like that, I shouldn't have thrown things off. Go ahead. It's all good. I mean, oh, great, great team name opportunities for Lewin De- Diaz, though. <laughs> Inside Lewin Diaz. It's a great one. What? I don't get it. What is it? <laughs> Just so uncultured. So Inside what? Inside Lewin Davis. What is that? Wow. <laughs> Cohen Brothers movie. Justin Timberlake was in it. Who? Oscar Isaac was in it. Oh, I know, I know one of those guys. I think Amy Adams was in it. Adam, do you, her. Adam, do you have the crickets? You have the cricket soundboard? I sure do. No, we're not going to do that for <laughs> for a Coen Brothers movie. They're the most celebrated directors and filmmakers of the last half century. Nobody has any idea what you're Ridiculous. talking about, Chris. Twenty five years. Twenty five years. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin to jump in. Quarter century. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, not Amy Adams. Sorry. I'm gonna pick my favorite team for. I'm gonna take a look at well, who's your favorite team, Adam. Or are you gonna are you gonna uh, are you gonna dabble now? Anytime. I, I like the Freddie Freeman team a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, that helps out. Uh, all right, so Tyler Wilson did take Edwin Diaz, and I'll let you inside the mind of me. Let you know what's going on here. I was debating one of Jeff McNeil, Mike Mustakis, or Max Freed at my last pick. I w- I wound up taking Max Freed, but I was worried about getting a. Second baseman, because I, you know, for me, after Moustakis, all right, Jonathan VR, if I get him as my starting second baseman, it's fine. But I do feel better about someone like Moustakis or Jeff McNeil. McNeil went to Adam, and look, one of the best feelings in fantasy is when you're considering a player and he makes it all the way back to you at the at the the next round of picks. That's what I'm hoping happens here. And if Alfredo Rodriguez takes Mike Moustakis here, I will lose my mind. He has 25 <laughs> seconds left. To make his pick. Again, I have Matt Olson, I have Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, and Mookie Betts. Just one outfielder through uh, the first nine rounds. And it would be the first ten rounds after I take Mike Moustakis. But you only need three outfielders, so let's not... Uh... Uh, we've A lot of good outfielders here. left. There's some good teams here. I don't think any of us have the best teams, by the way. But I want to read uh, two teams in particular. Um, Michael Murphy. I wish his number three starter were a little better, but... His pitching staff is Shane Bieber, Luis Castillo, the Nelson Lamette, and Matthew Boyd. So if Lamette or Boyd is good, you know, that, that's great. His hitters, Gary Sanchez, Ozzy Albies, Rafael Devers, Mike Trout, Jorge Soler, and Nelson Cruz. So his hitters are just awesome, and his pitching staff, he's got two, uh, you know, top, like, 12-ish guys in Bieber and Castillo. And then Mike Choi... That's Michael Murphy. Mike Choi has Grandal Abreu, Glaber Torres, Francisco Lindor on the infield. Does not have an outfielder yet. 
he has DeGrom, Snell, Kershaw, and Bumgarner, and he has Kirby Yates and Kenley Jansen. If he had maybe taken Stanton instead of Jansen or any other hitter instead of Jansen or even a starting pitcher, and he only had one closer right now, he would have my favorite team of Grandal, Abreu, Glaber, Lindor, let's say Stanton, plus Kirby Yates at reliever and DeGrom, Snell, Kershaw, and Bumgarner, even though we don't love Bumgarner, but still, um, that's a really solid team. I just don't think you want to have two relievers this early, especially when one of them is Kenley Jansen, who's got a lot of question marks. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that is fair. Scott, you are on the clock. It is yeah. round ten here, and you look. We talked about I talked about Bo Bichette as a bust, but that was when he's going in the he's going in the fourth round in NFBC ADP in the month of July. I mean, it's round ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This seems to happen in in these head to head leagues with just the nine hitter spots to fill. It always seems to be a shortstop who just falls forever because you know there's only so many shortstop spots to fill i don't even have an urgent need for bichette i, I drafted trevor story remember i passed up fernando tatis earlier because i didn't want to fill the utility spot that way uh but now i'm finally filling it for bichette at this price and uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm good with that all right chris you're on the clock what's going through the mind what are you thinking nothing good <laughs> Negative thoughts. Yeah, just let's remind just, people. Uh, let's remind people who you have on your team here, Chris. Chris has Carlos Santana, Keston Hiera, Jose Ramirez, Christian Yelich, JD Martinez, and you have Sonny Gray, Tyler Glass, now Rich Hill as three starting pitchers, and you have Carlos Martinez currently slotted in as a spark. This is a pretty good team. You know, when you take when you take the full seventy five seconds to make every pick, it works to your advantage. <laughs> I thought Chris was the best multi. Oh, you son of a! Oh, oh, Chris, that's why he shot you that look. Yeah, there By you go, way, Adam. Did you see the trade offer I made to you? Uh, I, I saw something about it, but I, I wasn't in the right mindset to deal with an Acer offer. I, you know, you know, I looked at our roto league and I said, I'm going to try to make a Robbie Ray offer. Let's see the guy who I'm going to try to rip off. And of course, Chris has Robbie Ray, so I offered him Luke Weaver for Robbie Ray. Yeah, yeah that's who. Ridiculous. Luke, Luke Weaver. Not ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Wait, who? Luke Weaver is four pitchers later later on Scott's did, rankings. Did we say why you re- Chris reacted? You reacted that way to Chris's pick? Because he took Robbie Ray. Took? I took Robbie Ray. Okay. Yeah. People can't actually see who. And I don't love that. Guys. I didn't love it. I took Robbie Ray and Corey Seager there. I, I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, I'm not thrilled about how this draft has gone. I, I'm not happy with myself. Uh, I'm not happy with any one of you. Um, <laughs> the listeners are still great in my book, uh, but one of the listeners took Matthew Boyd. It wasn't us who took him, right? But that, he's just one. There are hundreds of other listeners. Why does nobody like Zach Wheeler? By the way, he may not pitch this year. Like, he's still not sure if he's going to return after he goes on after his wife gives birth. Right. Uh, yeah, but, I I don't. He said he, he said he was unsure when he first showed up. I, I just think it's more he could miss his first two turns because of the birth. Less, more than we're that worried. At least for me, I'm not that worried about him sending out the whole thing. I almost took him here. Okay. And Scott, you wound up taking uh, Yuan Moncada. So, so let, mm-hmm. us in, uh, 
give us some insight. Why, why, why'd you wind up with uh, Yuan Makata there? Well, I needed the, a third baseman, and he was the last of his tier at third base. I think the only other starter I'd be satisfied with at this position in this format is uh, Miguel Sano, probably. So Yohan Mankata, I, I assume he only fell because he had a he was a, he tested positive for COVID nineteen early and uh, just recently returned from the team. There's there's a chance he won't be quite ready for the start of the season, but it shouldn't be too long into it that he is, and he may be. Uh, and I don't need to tell any of you guys what makes Mankata worth drafting. You all like him more than I do. That's right. Wonderful pick, Scott, and especially at uh, pick one twenty two, which. Scott just keeps gobbling up all the hitter value, wound up with Bo Bichette in the 10th, and then Yoan Makata in the 11th round. Uh, Luis Robert just went off the board at pick 126. I mean, I, points League is probably not his preferred format. Doesn't have great plate discipline, but in round 11, I, I yeah, thought I about mean, taking him over uh, Eddie Rosario. I was debating, I took Rosario, but I was debating Rosario or Luis Robert at this point. The thing about Luis Robert is he doesn't have great plate discipline. He doesn't actually strike out that much. Uh, he's not, you know, a 30% strikeout. He's not Fernando Tatis. Um, you know, he puts the bat on the ball. The, the problem is he's not a selective hitter. He just, he's very aggressive. But, I mean, if he hits 300, it's not going to matter whether he walks much. It's, it's one of those things where if Luis Robert's as good as he can be, it, it really won't matter that he doesn't walk that much. That's one of the things with this format that you kind of have to keep in mind is that like, yes, walks are important and not striking out is, is important, but you still have to be a good hitter. You know, Carlos Santana made that jump to the elite tier last year because he got better as a hitter. Uh, right. But I think you look at like Starling Marte, right? Used to hit 300. Mm-hmm. Um was always a lot better in Roto than points. Sure, sure. I think Lewis like Roberts a, better in Roto. Yeah, like a second round pick in Roto or a third third round pick in Roto. Yeah. Probably more like a sixth round pick in points. But now at this point, yeah, he does. You know, if he just you know does what he can do, he's gonna be he's gonna yeah. be great. If Roberts a two ninety hitter with thirty homer pace, it's not gonna. It really doesn't matter all that much that he he's plate discipline isn't great. Anyway, I took uh, Reese Hoskins over Paul Goldschmidt because last year. In this format, Paul Goldschmidt scored eight more fantasy points than Reese Hoskins. And that was with Hoskins hitting like 220. So I was all set to take Goldschmidt. I was like, you know what? Like Goldschmidt's on the way down. Hoskins is 27, still has a chance to be a lot better than he was last year. So I liked, I, I feel good about that pick. Yeah, I was going to say it worked out for you. you. You wanted a first baseman earlier on and you were kind of stressed out that they all went. But I mean, to get Reese Hoskins in round 11, it, I think that that is a. Uh, Pretty damn good value. Ken Giles goes off the board right after you took Hoskins, uh, Herman Marquez, Alex Wood, Masahiro Tanaka, Tommy Listella, Aroldis Chapman, and then Adam took, uh, how do you say that guy's name? Luke Weaver. <laughs> He's have a better voice. I can't even hit the note anymore. What is... Uh, like podcasts on these on these vocal cords. What number pitcher is that for you, Adam? Uh, four without Maeda, five with Maeda. Not bad. Luke Weaver as your SP5. Yeah, I'm going to say five. I think I'm probably going to go the... But we have reached the point in the draft where the hitters are much, much better than the pitchers. That happened probably about a round or two ago. Um, I think that happened by the third round. (laughs) There were waves, you know, like, because I think it was was more hitter heavy than I expected. Yeah, It wasn't one of those drafts where pitchers went flying off the board, and now it's just like, 
the hitters are really good still and the pitchers are are not. Yeah, I don't know. Ever since I took glass now, I've just not liked the pitchers that I was looking at. That that's been a big part of why I haven't uh, had a good time in this draft. It's just it just seems like the pitchers have not been great across the board oh, whenever man. I've picked. Well, okay, so Mark Canna went here in round 12, oh. two picks before me. There was no way I was going to take him at this point. That's a little early for him. Yeah. Um, Tommy LaStella went early in round 12 here, a couple picks before Adam. That's, uh, that's something we don't often see. Looks like our friend William Knight. Uh, he's up to four starting pitchers now. His staff is... Uh, Yanni Chirinos, Ryan Yarbrough, Alex Wood, and Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, he didn't know that quality starts count for points. Okay. He wasn't. He wasn't really. I feel bad criticizing his team. He just didn't realize what the format truly was. Well, there's an easy way around that, but fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's time to take Jesus Lazardo. He's on his way back. Still RPL. Yeah, look, he's in my bus column, but that's because he's still going around 100th overall in a lot of drafts. 143. Jesus Zarda there is fine. And in hindsight, I probably should have taken him myself. (laughs) I wound up taking Michael Conforto as my third outfielder. I'm now mad at uh, Joseph Dunn. Uh, He has made an enemy. Because I didn't think there was any way Armand Marquez was going to go off the board between my last picks. And... uh, he did. I'm mad about it. You should be thanking uh, Joseph Dunn. Ramon Marquez is a must-start pitcher whenever he's on the road. He's got four of his first seven starts on the road if it lines up the same way. And one of those road starts or one of those home starts is against the Giants. Ramon Marquez is probably going to be really, really good to start the season at the very least. And seven starts is going to be more than halfway through. Chris, you uh, ended the slide for Zach Wheeler. Pick 144. Thrilled about it. I mean, that's pretty late. Yeah, he should go around 90 if he's healthy. He's a reliable... uh, Weird to say that he's kind of a reliable, like, Jose Barrios-type pitcher because he goes about it completely differently. Uh, He throws much harder. Seems like he should get more strikeouts, but he doesn't really. Um, But, you know, he... He'll get wins on the Phillies. You know, maybe they'll give him more wins than the Mets do for their starting pitchers. But yeah, it was just kind of he's the last of a very specific tier, I think. All right. And you have a back to back pick, and you took uh, David Dahl. David Dahl, one of my breakouts, leadoff hitter for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I mean, look, if he was ever going to stay healthy, a 60 game season would do it. Um, this is a hell of a team that Chris Towers has gotten better is that true yeah i'm it's i hate each aggregate each individual pick as i'm making it but the aggregate is pretty good so you have again carlos santana kesson hira jose ramirez Corey seager yelich jd martinez you just got david Dahl as your third outfielder and then rich hill zach wheeler sonny gray robbie ray tyler glass now and you have carlos martinez as a spark it's, it's coming together, Chris. Don't be so mad about Matthew Boyd. Starting to come together, Chris. I would just feel, I would feel better if Matthew Boyd uh, was my number three. I guess he would have been my number two at the time. Or number three. He would have been number three after Sonny Gray. The numbers you just said about Matthew Boyd are how many wins he's hoping to get this year. 
Uh, didn't he get like 12 last year or something? It was a lot longer season. <laughs> well, okay. Yes. <laughs> he might only win three games. Scott, but... three, two. I'm on, I'm on it. I'm on it, Frank. And it. <laughs> he takes Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, who we heard yesterday is, how did they put it? He's gotten some good news on his testing or something like that. So it sounds like he's on his way back. And while he may not be built up in time for his first turn, Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't sound like he's, uh, you know, we at least have sort of a timetable for him. So uh, it seems like he fell a little bit considering. I don't love him. I mean, I would have rather had Wheeler if, if Chris hadn't taken him. But for my sixth starter, uh, I think he'll be he'll be pretty good. As your sixth starter. And I took uh, Chris Davis with a K, round 13. Is it too early? Seems like it might be a little early. I wind in up with point, one in of... In a points league, I think it's too early, given that he's utility only. What is the justification for taking Chris Davis over Miguel Sano, who I almost took but don't have a spot for? But if you're acknowledging your, your utility spot is open anyway, why wouldn't you just take Miguel Sano? Yeah, uh, probably should have taken The best case Sano. scenario for Chris Davis is quite a bit better, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of hoping Sano turns into Chris Davis now. Uh, Chris Davis doesn't strike out nearly as much as Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano is a legitimate 36-37% strikeout rate guy. All right, one uh, was great last year and is young. One was bad last year and is old. Right, so. but he was hurt. I, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning. but I don't think mentioning. that totally explains it. He I mean, was, they, maybe no, it no, no, it maybe, does. We just, Davis, we just don't know yet. Sure, like, but we Chris just Davis... Have no Chris Davis was putting together another 40 homer, 250 average season. Uh, I don't uh, think the average. The, I, I think the average was like 230 something. But that's he, he got off to a very hot start, then had several bad weeks. It was just then the, got hurt, but it was and the then continued injury. to have bad weeks. I'm just saying, like this is. I, I think people are a little too sanguine on the possibility on the on uh, on uh, the chances of Chris Davis just being a third round value again. Yeah, it's. That's fair. I, I should have taken one of Sano or, or Paul Goldschmidt. That is fair criticism. Frank, I agree. I, I, was, I can't believe I'm being criticized for saying a, you should take Miguel Sano over Chris Davis, which everybody but Frank in this mock draft Frank, has done. I agree <laughs> with Scott. Taking Chris Davis in the third round was a terrible pick. Uh, probably the worst of the draft. In the third round? It was... He was pointing fun. out that Chris Davis in round 13 is good value. So let's go. Let's do it. I guess part that, of my question is sneaky way of saying it. with Miguel Sano, how close to his best case scenario was last season? I'd say it's oh, pretty it, was, close. it was probably about there. I mean, obviously staying healthy. He be scored, scored fewer points per game than Chris Davis in 2018. With his best case scenario. Yeah. So I, I think Sano's best case scenario is much likelier than Chris Davis's. Obviously, uh, everybody ranks Sano ahead, so they must think so too. Yeah. I don't understand why Davis was like, he's he was my favorite value at the start of draft season. I don't know where he actually goes because Frank takes him in every draft, which is like, I get it. I think Davis is great. He, okay, his typical line 249 batting average or 247 or whatever with like 42 home runs. Sano could beat that, but Sano has a lot more downside. He's got, he tested positive for COVID. How can you say Sano has a lot more downside? Well, Sano was sent oh. down to the minors two years ago. Yeah. Chris I, Davis I, I, should have been sent down to the minors last think, year. That's how I bad he was. He's yeah, out but, of but, No. That was the injury. I mean, 
he wasn't that bad before the injury. I know he wasn't as good right. as he typically right. was, but you guys in your sanguine ways go. You stop saying it sanguine. Up. Yeah, sanguine. <laughs> you're, you're all you're all a bunch of sanguinies, and it's, you know it's fine. on Scott's fine. word of the month calendar. Fine. Uh, yeah, before the injury, which happened on May fourth or May fifth, I think uh, he was hitting two thirty one, so sixteen points lower, which is one hit at one point six every hundred. Two thirty-one is that is that is all right. All right, you guys like Chris Davis more. I like Miguel Sano more. Meanwhile, mini picks are happening that we're not getting a chance to discuss. I don't think I don't think that like this hasn't (laughs) this hasn't really been as adversarial as you're making it out to be. Like I totally know. I'm just frustrated that we're still talking about it. All right, all right. Well, I did I take Miguel Sano? I forgot. You no, you uh, took Jake Odorizzi, a a different twin. No, still out there. I'm I think I'm going to take Miguel Sano with with my next pick. (laughs) I see. Um, I just wanted to help out Adam. That's why. That's what it comes. Well, he's going to be first base and third base eligible. That's a point in his favor as well, Scott. Like you're talking about, everybody takes Sano over Chris Davis. I don't think that would be the case if Chris Davis were first and third base eligible, or at least was going to be. Then I think it would be really close. So yeah, like I I think Sano has more power than him because he has more power probably than everyone, but he also has more downside because he strikes out more than everyone. But they're both, I think, perfectly fine picks at this point. It's just it's really easy to fill your utility spot in this in this format, this shallow points league format. And um, there's a good chance you could fill it with somebody better than Chris Davis, uh, you know, throughout the year. So again, I don't know. In a roto league, it's tougher, and maybe maybe Davis should go earlier in roto leagues. But in a points league, this shallow of a of a hitting format, I probably would have waited a little bit longer. But you know, look, he's. If he hits 248 with uh, 40 homer pace, it's going to be a great pick, Frank. Well, thank you, Adam. Uh, And we are running long here. That's what we typically do when we have the live mock drafts. I want to thank the listeners who joined us today as well. Alfredo Rodriguez, Matt Emerson, Nick Fox, Mike Choi, Michael Murphy, William Knight, Tyler Wilson, Joseph Dunn, and that's it. I was about to say Chris Towers. He is not a listener. Maybe he's a listener when he's not on the show. I listen, yeah, I listen. But, you know, he's he's here quite regularly. Uh, Guys, any resounding thoughts heading into the weekend. This is going to be a big draft weekend. Is there anything that you want to remind the listeners before we uh, wrap up the pod and then you could see the rest of the mock draft results on CBSports.com? Um, For me, really. I'm, I'm starting to be more worried, and I included Zach Ranke in my bus column to kind of express this idea. I'm becoming more worried about those guys for whom stability is one of their calling cards, one of their strengths. The fact that the kind of guys who you know are going to be good, or at least you feel confident are going to be good rather than the guys who you think could be superstars. And so, you know, I would include a Jose Abreu in there. Uh, I think, you know, Zach Wheeler, even if he does make every start, I, I think probably counts there. Jose Barrios, um, I'm definitely worried that, I mean, one of the biggest points in their favor as a fantasy player uh, is gone. There's no such thing as stability or predictability in a 60-game season. And for compilers, and I think Jose Abreu is definitely a compiler, uh, there's not as many opportunities for him to stay in the lineup while other guys get hurt. There's not as many opportunities for him to, you know, to literally compile. So... That's uh, that's one of the big things that I've been thinking about this last week, really, that I've come around to. Anything I'll else, say, guys? Frank, if you're in this, if you're in this format, three outfielder points league, a lot of people are going to be drafting in this format. We're in round 14, and some of the picks 
Danny Santana, who I don't like, but whatever. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, Paul Goldsmith, Justin Turner, Dylan Bundy, Dylan Cease, Gene Segura, Hunter Dozier. I think that's a great pick. Miguel Sano, Andrew Benintendi. I think that's a great pick at 161 overall. Um, this is where the hitters are so much better than the pitchers. So I'm not saying that, you know, you, you saw me on today's draft. I, I definitely veered for my pitching strategy because I thought some of the hitters were too good to pass up. I'm not saying you can't do that. But this is why you build your pitching staff because when in this league, you might not realize it until you get to round 12 or later, but you are going to love the hitters that are available to you. You are going to want them to be starters for you, and you are not going to love the starting pitchers. So um, make sure you don't wait too long. Very well said, Adam. Scott, any closing thoughts before draft weekend? Yeah, I think I would, for this format, I, was, I would echo Adam's sentiments and i kind of talked about it at the top like every time i don't go heavy in this format in particular so if you hit our spots to fill um and you don't have to balance your categorical needs like there's just you're just going to wish you had more hitter spots so take the pitchers when you can you know and that's what i did drafting five with my first six picks i'm pretty satisfied with my lineup you know obviously if you're drafting in a roto league and you there are those hitter issues uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sticking by what I've been saying since way back in February, maybe even before that. You need four pitchers that you can count on being high end. For me, it's about the top 35. Uh, but you know, I'll let you use your own judgment as to where exactly you draw that line. I think uh, I think that it remains the single most important thing on draft day. If you're in a format that prioritizes steals you know that's that's like 1a to to getting those high-end starting pitchers and then the biggest change in terms of how i'm approaching the player pool with the season taking on the form it is uh is that like i i normally invest almost nothing in a closer i don't necessarily care that much if if I don't get guys in line for saves, but because I know they will emerge over the course of the season. And to me, that is the single biggest thing that I can't know anymore that I used to know and that I used to bank on filling, filling my filling out my saves as the year went on. That's just not an option anymore. So I'm having to pay up. I, I've gone from paying nothing for saves to paying slightly something for saves. Congrats again to those who will be participating in our listener leagues there's a chance that we will have a special guest on Monday's podcast. So keep your uh, keep your ears peeled. I don't know if that actually works. Eyes peeled is the actual saying, so I just completely messed that up. I'm just going to end the show here because... <laughs> keep your ear horn ready. Yeah, keep your ear horn ready. Yeah, that's yeah. the saying. That's how it goes. For Adam, Scott, and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching on the Fantasy Baseball Today YouTube channel. We'll be back again on Monday. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 